Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing Up Fire Season 2. I'm at the uh, Center High Campus here in Edmonton. It's Edmonton Public School and uh, we're talking to the people from the Emergency Response Career Pathways, which was, that was just a huge test for me to do all this. Everyone's staring at me right now. And for once, I actually think everybody's happy to be here, mostly. Anyways, it's not always the way. I haven't drugged anyone here. I haven't had to bribe anybody. Everyone's just here. Ashley, thanks for doing this. So Ashley Whitlock sitting beside me, a longtime friend. She got me in here. This has been like, what, a year and a half trying to get in here? Thanks, COVID. So, yeah, thanks, COVID. Beat it, right? We're done with it. Annika, we got, did I get it right this time? Yeah. All right. Yay. She's been <laughs> coaching me. We're, we're getting through it. Clint is here who uh, started the program. He's going to tell us all about that. And Lauren's here and Ismail. I probably didn't say it right. He's looking at me funny. Okay, so anyways, I'm super excited to be here. This program, I've kind of been watching it for as long as Ashley's been involved, I guess I would say, because uh, it's cool to me, right? And so I get to travel across the country and people are talking about cadet programs and people are talking about different high school programs and credits and all the things that uh, they do for the kids. And I just so you know, I measure you all against this program. So this is so perfect. Eh? In the background, the sirens are going. We're looking down over the river valley. And it's uh, set the stage. We're sitting in a room full of guitars and drums and chaos all around us. If the building next door bursts into fire, I'm not even going to stop. We'll just record through it. But uh, So super happy to be here. We were just sitting talking about uh, all things emergency response, right? And so I know, Ismail, you're interested in BC wildfire. I got a couple of paramedics waiting for their grades if they passed fingers crossed everybody and clint's going to tell you his story and and ashley you grew up you're as much growing up fire as anybody i know right your dad long time fire guy your husband is a firefighter you're here teaching here so you pass you're growing up fire (laughs) your two girls are growing up fire carson and kendall they won't be able to uh take it that you're on here and they're not so don't worry girls i'll hook you up later it's all good Right. And so um, kind of before we do that, I just want to go around and just tell me a little bit, tell everybody that's listening. It's not that money, like 10,000 people will hear this and and uh, tell them kind of your little piece of this while you're here. We'll start with you, Ashley. Sure. Um, Like you said, Jamie, I did grow up fire. I grew up in Vilna. My dad was the fire chief there for 20 something years. He's been on the department for about 40 now. Um, And I loved it since I was little. So I was the first one at the fire hall cheering them on. I joined when I was 16. I did work experience. I got my 1001. I met my husband through that. And then I actually became a volunteer and then a peace officer. And then I ended up staying home, raising my babies for a while. And then Clint called me and said, hey, I hear you have some experience with fire. I hear you live the life. So do you want to teach with us? 
And so that's, yeah. Nice I'm work, so Clint. excited to be here. <laughs> this is like my dream teaching job. <laughs> like why I'm here in ERCP? Yeah, like why yeah, did you okay. take that program? What's, what uh, were you thinking? So I graduated high school after doing the fire cadet program here in Edmonton. And I was like, oh man, like I want to jo- do the paramedic program, but I hadn't got accepted into that September intake. And so I was like, shoot, what can I do as kind of like a filler between those two programs? And as I was researching it, I saw the ERCP logo on like center high. And so I did it and it was a lot of fun. I was in Whitlock's class, which was a party. We got to do like wildfire with you guys. And we got to do so much more like really hands-on fire stuff. So that was awesome until COVID kind of ruined semester Everything, two. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. So it was kind of like you could add a gap year, you could have traveled, you could have done anything. And he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to keep going in the path that I want to yeah. go. Good well, for Edmonton fires like end goal. And so it's like, oh, just keep working, keep working towards, towards that. Yeah. Look at that commitment already. eh? <laughs> nice. Clint? I'm a teacher by profession and I've done a number of different things. I wanted to pursue back in high school, becoming a police officer. And then I ended up uh, going to Nate and then to university. Still undecided on what I wanted to do other than uh, going into policing, but life took me in a different direction. And ironically, that uh, has taken me to the place that I would have never imagined. Here I am uh, doing emergency response career pathways and for the past, well, 25 years at Center High that uh, we've been able to work a partnership with Edmonton Fire Rescue, EPS, Edmonton Police Services, HSEMS, and a number of other organizations. So I've gotten all the benefits and none of the negatives. We're, we're gonna come back. There's one negative you and I are talking some more about. We'll get, we'll get to that though. Lauren? I started off in high school wanting to be a police officer. And then I went into, my friend came up to me and was like, hey, you should try this program. So. I joined the program and we got, I did level one on, cause everyone was fire, police, EMS was all together and it wasn't as separated as it was in level two. And then I got to the semester break in level two and I was like, you know what? I think fire EMS is, is where I'm going. So then I emailed Miss Whitlock and then I was like, can I, can I switch? Is there, have I uh, missed the deadline? And she said nope. So then I joined the fire EMS side and absolutely loved it. It was amazing. And then I ended up finishing this and then going on and doing my PCP. Nice. Yeah. Which fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll get she the news. <laughs> Ismail? Similar to Annika, I came, I did the fire cadet program, same year as her actually, yeah. with the city of Edmonton. Throughout high school, love sports, love being physically active. Fire cadet program just fit perfectly into my life through the fire cadet program and even a little bit before, fell in love with the job, just fell in love with the idea of what it is to live that lifestyle and what it is to grow fire. And so after high school, I, uh, I kind of found myself in a, in a very empty space of, I don't want to go into university and do something that I, I'm not going to love. I want to do something that I'm going to love because that's what I'm going to push for. And um, found some friends that were going to center high and I was like, you know, I, why not? I could do better with my marks. And then saw the program. And that kind of even pushed me more to go into center high. And I basically stayed for the program and best experience. Did the program. Now that I'm out of the program, I'm just continuing to pursue jobs and opportunities that kind of lead me in different different yep. roads and different paths that are all going to meet in one, which is City of Edmonton Firefighting. So. Nice. Wow. Lots of, uh, got the goal, the final goal picked out. I love that. I hope they're listening there. City of Edmonton oh, Fire. <laughs> Shout out. 
hurry up, pick these guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, cool. So everybody, you know, that's a little glimpse of everyone and what you're doing. Uh, I've bored you for an hour already with why I'm here and plus everyone listening knows that. So let's jump right into it. Let's go back to the actual program and, and kind of how it started. And I originally asked you, you know, are you police? You look like a cop to me, I gotta be honest with you. The cops got a certain- get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the haircut. Maybe it's the. Yeah, he's got a big smile right now, so that doesn't go with it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's for all my cop friends, all two of you. But yeah, so kind of go back to how you got this program going and where it came from. And yeah. so the whole purpose of Center High is for fourth and fifth year high school students. So the vast majority of our students are minimum seventeen years of age to twenty. And so they're coming to us to upgrade and they're moving on to post-secondary. So we know that uh, students are going on to post-secondary and, and, and they're going into other careers that obviously they, they haven't done any research. And we made a decision that what we wanted to do was provide mentorship opportunities and opportunities for them to explore careers outside of what they would normally think of. Even myself included, I'll put myself when I was in high school wanting to pursue policing, but knew very little about it, knew nothing about EMS, knew nothing about fire. And at this point, going, wow, these are fantastic opportunities. So way back, uh, you know, 25 years ago, in essence, uh, we set up a mentorship program, which turned in 2001 into an actual police and fire EMS program with our partnership with EMS, uh, HSEMS, uh, Edmonton Police Services and Edmonton Fire Rescue. So we were fortunate that we had officers who would come in on a regular basis to talk about the careers and about other opportunities and uh, to literally let, allow them to try on the careers. So the bunker gear, go out and do the live burn, go out and, uh, and hear um, about what the careers are about, what they needed to do physically, mentally, so that they could match their character and their personal abilities. And of course, uh, what they wanted to pursue down the road. Like any career, you don't just step in and walk into it. There's preparation time. So we've literally allowed, I shouldn't say allowed, but students our main focus is leadership and citizenship skills, and that's number one. So whatever they choose to do, if they pursue these careers, that they're gonna make the world a better place. They're gonna be involved in the community in a positive way. So we do a lot of volunteering. We do a lot of uh, philanthropy. Even during COVID, we still managed to uh, do a couple, well, a number of projects with the Zebra protection center you're, you're always running a fundraiser here i actually brought a pocket full of cash because i was like every time i come here somebody's like hey can you i'm ready today so <laughs> unleash them on me I'm, I'm ready so it's so important in the careers that, that they are involved in the community and then and we remind them that turns into a job right you get paid for it if you're involved in the community you're doing positive things that somehow life tends to work out in a positive way and the doors open for you so everybody wants a job, wants a paycheck, but uh, like any employer, you want somebody who wants the job, who wants to do the work. And no, for sure. Share. It's uh, I, I used to work for a guy at the Alberta Fire Training School named Don mm -hmm. Nadiak, and uh, he was a beauty. He always used to tell us instructors, right? We're kind of yeah. like kids; we whine all the time. And he would tell us, "He's like, life's too short to do a job you hate. Like, yeah. if you guys hate it here, go. I want you to." Right. If you love it and you want to be part of this, then stop being negative and, and stick with the job. But uh, it always stuck with me. Life is too short to do a job you hate. You kind of hit on it, Ismail. And, and we're kind of talking about it now where it's better to take a little extra time up front 
learn about the career, learn about, right? Do, am I a good fit? Will this work for me? And then get into it than to just jump into it. So let's go back to you, Clint, because you're, you're in this and, and you actually aren't, you weren't a police officer or a firefighter or EMS or, or any of those things, but you'd kind of wanted to be in high school. Well, again, uh, the way that it all worked out, that I've, I've had all the benefits because I've lived vicariously after spending 25 years and, and I've been able to do things I would have never been able to do as a traditional teacher. So we've, we've gone out, done uh, with the military, uh, you know, all kinds of wild things, rappelling and parachute jumping uh, with EPS. We've, uh, we do all kinds of things with the public safety unit. We do uh, numerous activities and uh, go out and do the training with them. With Edmonton Fire Rescue, we go and do the all-in day, so bunker gear, going into the live burns. Uh, it's, it's become much more gentler now after the many years that I've done it We have and, and the safety concerns, but we used to light the place up, the garage, and burn the pallets and uh, try and melt our helmets. Uh, and that was cool. We were silly but loved it. Yeah. and didn't know better uh, but of course the world has changed and uh, we're much more conscious about safety uh, we've uh, safety uh, wrecked it just like safety re exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah what happened to just taking it out you know? we'll all be okay sign here <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, provide those opportunities for the students and again the fitness training too that we put them through the drill that we've been involved in and myself personally certainly given me uh, the opportunity to see inside and see how incredible these individuals are in front of us going into these professions are not everyone that comes into ERCP uh, so for example pre-COVID we had 110 students and we'll traditionally lose 20-30% uh, of them uh, and then we get the ones that are here with us today and other alumni who've moved into these careers. And many of our presenters now and our instructors are alumni who come in and uh, are in these careers and, and make a difference. But I, what I realize is they're the ones who run into danger where most of us want to run away. Suppose, and that's where uh, I'm uh, very grateful to work with these young men and women and to work with the officers and our partners to see that those individuals that move into these careers have that, I, I'm going to say gift or perhaps uh, brain damage where they are willing Both. to put them, <laughs> yeah, put themselves at risk, right? I love it because, you know, it's cool to me, you're a teacher, Ashley here's a teacher and uh, I always say like you couldn't pay me enough to teach. There's no, yeah. right, I, I've done three out of the top five worst disasters in Canadian history of five hundreds of house fires, some at the same time in a couple places. And uh, we do all that while we're high-fiving and loving it, big smiles on our face. And then someone says, hey, can you come to school and talk to some students? And I'm all like nervous and I, I hope I don't make a mistake. It's like, this makes no sense at all. But uh, it, it is nerve wracking to sit in front of a group of people and to teach them. Uh, and to move them forward. So I love it. I love that the program's here. I love that uh, all of the agencies have kind of got behind it. I remember the first time Ashley ever asked me if I'd help, I just sent back one word. I'm, it's weird because when I'm like a man of a million words all the time and anyone would tell you that, except when I'm texting, then I'm like, yeah, <laughs> send details. <laughs> I can't see it. That's half of it, right? <laughs> and so I just knew whatever she asked, we'd be 
in to help didn't really matter right and so but yeah it's it's nerve-wracking it was still nerve-wracking for me uh, and i think ryan came with me and we we talked to everyone about the fire and those kinds of things and it was his first time so he was a bit nervous you probably wouldn't notice Thank but he did an excellent job yeah he's uh and, and of course now he's not nervous but uh, it's it's fun and it's fun to be part of this. And so you were naming off things we got to do, and I was watching the three of you watch him and like, hey, we didn't get the parachute. We didn't get to. You got an internal list of things that now you want to add to your bucket list of, of things that uh, Miss Whitlock didn't get for you. And that's the unfortunate part. I, I, again, we have to qualify because of COVID that we were restricted. We we're still able to have the presentations, but there are many things that uh, they would have normally been able to do uh, that. Um, COVID didn't allow us to do. Okay, so I'm gonna throw it out there now. So we'll, we'll start over here, Ismail. What do you think was one of the coolest things you got to do during part of the program? During part of the UCP? For me, I'm, I'm a person that loves to, like, if I can step ahead and help anybody around me, I would love to. So as, as cheesy as it sounds, be a leader in the program. I got the chance to be a leader at Drill, be a leader with people that wanna be similar things to me or wanna lead themselves into that career. And so it was interesting to lead people with the same mentality. You weren't leading 50 different minds. You were leading people that wanted to, that were still chasing the same thing as you. So as much as I, we pushed each other, people were already there wanting to do stuff, right? Like they already wanted to do the things. So with PT, with drill, like with the marching, we all got better over time. And so it was, it was a very accomplished, like it was an accomplishment to see that over time, over the class time. Like of course. us getting better at drill, us getting stronger and just, better as people being part of that leadership to do that and yeah I, people ask me all the time like how can i get into these different careers doesn't matter if it's to be a paramedic a police officer a firefighter and i always tell them front of the line it's just a thing to think of always be at the front of the line be the first one to say you'll do it be the and when i coached hockey it was the same rule at the fire department was the same rule for my kids they grew up with the same rule and when people ask me I always so what you're talking about is being at the front of the line whether you're leading it or you're the first one through it which is still part of leading it it's huge and it's part of all of these things um so you know clint you talked about leadership and and all of those things and it's big it, it has to be big here and when you get out there there's nowhere to hide right so those people that are well if i go 30th i'll know exactly what's happening i'll get the best score i'll get the best time i'll know all the cheats i'll know all the in the ambulance on the fire grounds uh when you're the only cruiser pulling up to a, a police situation there's nowhere to hide you can't be 30th you have to be first right and so i love that that's that's great lauren what was your favorite thing oh i would say our day at Poundmaker, that was incredible we uh edmonton fire was kind enough to let us come on their tower and they lit it up and we got to go in and then we did some ventilation and then we did go in and do some live burn and then we did some work with the hoses and we had just an awesome day it was amazing it was really awesome to be able to go and do that and have our bunker gear and everyone looking the same yeah more than one selfie happened that day i'm sure oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely yeah that's cool it's a cool place right i only got to go there once myself but uh yeah it, it's a cool place and i mean when you're thinking about being you know a firefighter in your future to go and handle training fires it's pretty fun right and the best part of that is the training fire doesn't know it's a training fire it just acts <laughs> like a real fire so you know you're at the you're in the same danger as anyone else would be and and all of those things so it's cool it's fun fun to go there fill it up with smoke. Annika, you're next. 
I think my, like, I had two favorites. One was, like, in class, one was technically out of class. And my first, like, the in, one in class was we had uh, paramedic Catherine Cust come in. Also a firefighter. Also a firefighter. And she did, like, she ran us through a mock scenario where, like, the patient was on the stairs and we had to bring them out to the ambulance. And it was really cool because that was, like, my first experience, like, with an ambulance and actually doing, like, medical stuff. Because I had done my medical first responder course already. But, like, that kind of cemented the fact that, like, being a paramedic was the kind of gap I wanted until I became a paramedic, uh, until I became a firefighter. And then the one outside of class was I got to do a ride along with Mr. Whitlock like Captain Whitlock. Oh. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I did too. Which coffee shop did you stop? Let's keep it real here. Let's keep it real. Firefighters are listening to this. It was an Let's Italian see. shop. Oh, okay, perfect. All right. I know you stopped somewhere. I actually wasn't we, with him. We stopped at Starbucks. I wasn't with him though. <laughs> How about you, Ashley? As a teacher, looking oh. at it from the teaching focus, what are your favorite days around here? Well, Lauren can probably attest, we usually have big fancy grads at like City Hall where they're all in uniform and they all march in and it's like all the chiefs are there and it's spectacular. And then there's me crying hard because I've seen how much growth happens. Like they come in in September and yeah, they're all like attitude teenagers, arms crossed, scowls, not all of them, Monica. Um, <laughs> but then by the end, by the end, they are like, ma'am, can I help you with anything? Good morning, good morning. Like they're just, they're, they're true adults and they're already on their path just to see the growth in them um, is amazing and then also one of my favorite things has been reconnecting with people like you with my friends with people that i've met over my entire career as a firefighter and peace officer and just like bringing that in the experts like tim cassavant from turnaround rescue comes to do our tr talk you would come to help with wildlife or wildland same with glenn martin as well he'll come in and do a bunch of that. Um, Catherine Crest used to be a volunteer in Mournville. That's where I met her. And yeah, she's a an advanced care paramedic now. And Jeez, she comes You should on. almost have a podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you, Kuzi. <laughs> you could have it. <laughs> no, the, the reconnection has been so fun for me as well. And then getting Corey in here too has been awesome. Yeah, of course. Making it a family thing. You named quite a few people there. And I mean, I mean, half those people you named are mentors to me too, right? Mm -hmm. I learned from them and, and uh, hopefully they learned from me along the way. So that to me, this program kind of brings all of those people together and, and you get to see the outcome, right? I didn't know what to think the first time I ever came. And, uh, you know, there's everybody sitting in a uniform and, and the morning starts off a certain way. And there's a lot of, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, and ma'am. And, and I was like, Oh, wow because i'm not like that i'm not i'm not a big process person so i probably wouldn't cry when everyone was marching in at city hall I'd probably be like not bad <laughs> but, uh, and so to me it was cool to come in there and to see that and to see the respect and and you can't really you can't fake that level of respect that i saw right the students to the instructors and the instructors to the students it was real legitimate honest you could feel it um, my son and i talked about it actually on the way home that day after the talk how it, it wasn't just a high school program it was actually a program building better adults right and you can't you just 100 percent can't fake that it was so cool to watch that and to see that and then i mean of course we do talks and all over the place and you get questions but the questions we got that day were very guided, very informed, very honest, very real questions about, well, how did you feel when that happened? What happened when that happened? And almost like to the point where they, you weren't letting me joke about it. 
and it's kind of like my go-to move is make everything a joke and so it was like wow this is like super serious and ryan's like remember that one time when they asked i was like i know right crazy so it's fun it's fun to know that you're out there doing that it's fun to we we got to come another time to the river i don't think i did anything except really play with ashley's kids and throw snowballs and stuff but it was fun to be there right and uh, for anyone that was there will remember trying to start the mark three pump down by the river for 20 minutes, which is always, there's an age old story that any wildland firefighter can tell Ismail, if you could start a Mark III pump, you'll be far ahead of everyone else in the world, in the firefighting world. So there's, there's something to think about as you move forward. And to just watch like that day, it was cold out, right? We all had toques and mitts and uh, the water was freezing in the hoses and, but we we're still out there. Everybody's just doing their thing. And so to me, it was like, why you wouldn't do that unless you really enjoyed it, unless you really wanted to. And so that's awesome. So Clint, I'm going to bounce back to you just for a second. And that's because, so you've been doing teaching for a long time now. You started off thinking you maybe wanted to be a police officer. Did you ever through all of this think to yourself, maybe I should stop teaching and go and do any of these things? You know, because I, I, I look at it this way, uh, it allowed me to look at myself. And, and so, um, in the classroom with the instructors and of course seeing the qualities these men and women have and of course being entrenched in the career at this time and family obligations there were times where i did want to do it but then it became uh less focused on policing so i think it's really cool to do the fire not so sure about the pcp and acp <laughs> stuff uh, you know the medical side i i, I, I you know, commend the students that have gone on and do these careers. There have been times, definitely, definitely. I still find the policing and, and the opportunities, uh, it's like a lot of my very close friends. In fact, this program started off with the help of uh, a buddy, uh, Larry Whitbeck, who did a similar program up at Northern Lakes College. And uh, so he mentored me on this and we, uh, we shared many stories of things that he had to do as an officer that made me ponder uh, very hard about myself if I could do the work, the actual work. You know, sometimes it's, please don't misunderstand with these guys around here. Sometimes you know too much and you see it in your friends, what they have, the kinds of decisions they've had to make. And uh, I'm going, I don't know what I would do. I'd look back at this, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that we could go and see the autopsy at the medical exams, do all the fire stuff, the police stuff. Uh, again, sharing with um, the sharpshooters, uh, Inspector Ray Akbar, who was the shot, and my buddy Larray, who had to make a life and death decision on taking someone out, but made the decision with all of his crew there after shooting when he was at, with Lethbridge at the time, he was also with Edmonton Police Service, how there was uh, a shooting in which a fella had, uh, uh, it was a, a, an ugly divorce, and he, uh, he had driven by the house uh, while she was in Lethbridge and with his rifle did a headshot. And when they uh, they knew who uh, did the uh, crime and they surrounded him in a field. And I remember Lorraine and I, we talked about this. Uh, so he was the one who had to take the shot. Uh, they tried to talk this individual out. They couldn't, uh, he was slouched in the car out in the field. All they could see was barely the top of his field his head, I should say, and was told to take the shot, to take him out. And Larray just didn't feel right. And I just, I could feel that at that time, sitting there listening to him and going, you know, how do you do that? You, you've got your whole crew there. You've got your whole squad there. And, and you're the one who makes that shot. He made the decision not to pull the trigger. The door opened, 
And beside, he, he, Larray had said, it just didn't feel right. Something felt wrong. And so when he opened the door, uh, this uh, gentleman, the father, had his daughter right beside him. So if he would have taken the shot through the door, not only would he be taken out the father, he would have taken out the daughter. And that was one thing that uh, at, at that early part where I was really seriously pondering leaving, that I kind of go, you know what, there's going to be decisions like that. What would I do? You know, maybe it's too much information when yeah. you get that. It's, it's nice sure. to be a little naive. I think that you get that with, uh, I mean, I run into so many people like that. And, we, and I think that the people in these careers don't really realize how that impacts us. Right. I always tell people like, you can't hurt my feeling. No one's been able to find it since 1991. <laughs> but uh, it becomes this kind of thing we joke about. But it's so true. Right. And you see it in their personalities. Right. You go for supper with a cop and they sit where they can see the door. And that's for a reason. Right. And, you know, you go and go somewhere with a firefighter and we'll walk into a room with 400 people in it. And we'll all look around where the exits are and how this is if this whole room catches on fire somehow, which never happens. But we are all we're all looking for the exits. We're looking for the problem spots. We're looking for the right. And then then there's the medical side. Right. And so, you know, we were walking in New York City one time four firefighters cruising down the street and this guy has a heart attack. And we're just immediately we're going to go over there like we're in one of the biggest cities in North America and we're just going to go help. Right. Um, didn't have to like eight ambulances and 42 police cars showed up. And it was all good. But uh, it's always just those instincts. Right. And so programs like this, to me, it's like you find out if you have those instincts. Right. You talk about leadership, you talk about different things you want to do and then can move forward. I think you probably also find that some people don't have those instincts and they're able to not go down that career path and not see things and not have to decide things that they don't want to which is great too, right? I mean, I don't know how many firefighters have joined up to be a volunteer firefighter and months later, they got to go to their first car accident and that's the end of their career and the start of their, you know, mental troubles that goes along with that. And so all good points, all things that we have to think about. It's uh, the part I love and hate about a podcast is I look around and see all your faces and everyone's looking down and thinking about those somber words, especially the three of you that are thinking to head into this. But then as soon as we think about it, all the heads came up again, which means you've made that decision. You know that um, through this program, you know that you could handle it and you want to go forward with these careers. And so that's awesome. Without having this program, you got to try it the hard way. And that's one of the the blessings that these guys get is that our instructors, again, many of them alumni, we have those hard conversations. They share those things with them. And so uh, they get to uh, vicariously look at themselves and, and see if this is the step what they want to do again as i from doing this uh for a vast majority of my career i've been able to vicariously experience this and watch them grow and those that move into it but you're right there are some that choose not to but i can sincerely say they've gone on to do some pretty awesome things that's well, mostly firefighters about. Mostly firefighters, <laughs> mostly firefighters. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ironically, it's the firefighters that keep in contact with us. It's like one thing that I found at firefighters and the advanced care paramedics and PCPs alumni, they tend to come back and tell us what's happening because we have an alumni list. It's the police and a different mentality. They're uh, going to yeah. use the term cowboy, a uh, cowgirl, where they, they feel that they've done it on their own. And again, uh, alumni who've gone through recruit classes and are now officers, you can see how they've changed. And uh, so we have to kind of track them down and hear vicariously where they are. I always tell people, uh, I am friends with hundreds and hundreds of cops, but uh, 
they are a different breed and they, and they think they have to be like, yeah. would you want a police officer to come and help you that didn't have a big ego that didn't have a lot of confidence that wasn't willing to do things on their own? Like, I don't think that's who we're looking for. Right. And so, and it's funny because I see them on a personal note. Right. And there, of course, we all whine about our jobs a little bit because we all whine about our jobs a little bit. And I always, my favorite saying is don't cry, apply, right? Like if you don't like being a cop, you could be a firefighter. We got room for everybody. <laughs> but uh, they do love their jobs, but it is very like they're by themselves. They got to make tough decisions there, right? And when they away from that, they like to just turn that off. So I imagine it's hard as an alumni to come back and talk to a room full of students and say, hey, you know, you're signing up for a job. It's, it's rugged, it's real, like a lot of time in alone with your thoughts and, and in a lot of time dealing with the worst situations. I always think about that with the PCPs, right? Mm -hmm. My son called me and said, I'm gonna take PCP, probably because he needed some money. But secondly, <laughs> he was asking my advice. And I was like, I'd done that. I'd taken my EMT and, and rode the ambulance. And I was like, are you sure? Are you sure that's the life you want? It's hard, it's really hard. It's uh, physical work, it's hours and hours of kind of chaos and calm and chaos and calm. And then firefighting, right? Obviously, I, growing up fire, love, love the fire side. But for us, we, I don't know, it's just different. Of the three, I have no doubt that we have the easiest one, which will drive our, my listeners crazy. They'll all be messaging me and telling me to shut up, but, but it is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's the, it's fulfilling. It's got the big house fires and car accidents, and um, but it doesn't have the grind, the daily grind that um, it does the PCPs have, that uh, police have, and so. There's um, nothing more fun. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> right. It's it's someone else's worst day, but we're still high fiving, and right, you get there and the house is burned down. As long as everyone got out, we're like, yeah, yeah. We, everyone's safe, right? The, this can be rebuilt, and you know, versus the going to the same patient for the twelfth day in a row and. You're like, man, I wish the hospital would do something different for them, but they're not. And Or going to a domestic dispute call for the 20th time in a row. And it's like, no, everything's good here. But one common thing is that you guys, anybody that goes in these professions, you're adrenaline junkies. You love that change, right? It's uh, certainly, oh, sure. I see that with the people that go into this, that they, they love the energy. They don't want to be sitting behind a desk. Oh yeah, That's you crave it. You turn the news on and it's flooding in BC. You're just yeah. like packing your rubber boots. Yeah. Let's roll, we got to get out of here. They must need us. <laughs> Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. Okay, Ashley, let's go back to you. I'm growing up fire, right? In your house, your entire life. Yeah, when did you know? When, when did you know oh, it was going to impact you? I knew so early. We actually had a fire phone in our house. That's how we dispatched. So my mom or whoever would answer. That's so bring... weird that you're only 20 and you had a fire yeah, phone. Yeah, right? No, we didn't. <laughs> so she would ring the siren and I would beat them there every time. There's been times when I answered the fire phone, I rang the siren, and I still was the first one on the truck. Like, I loved it. And I was... Uh, 
I just, I kind of inserted myself. I inserted myself in the department when I was 16. There was no other females on the department at all. And I just started showing up. And, and I you just and took I, it on yourself to put yourself right in the middle. It's so unlike you. It's so weird. This <laughs> right? is it's not shattering for me. <laughs> <laughs> but they let me, they let me start coming. Uh, and then I turned it into a work experience thing. I knew, I knew I loved fire when I was like the littlest, littlest kid. And I think my kids also now love fire, and they've known that since they were the oh, kids. <laughs> they are, yeah. They could do a fire prevention talk better than I can, and I've done hundreds. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So you just knew, and you just kept following your heart, following yeah. the path. And randomly found myself in enforcement, though, too, which is, I guess, the same type of, like, adrenaline, and, and I really enjoy talking to people. I'm not really a desk job kind of person. So then, but still finding my way sort of back to But fire. you needed a paycheck, too. Right? <laughs> I love that you're here. I love that you're so excited about this. I love the way that all of the students interact with you and talk to you and, and look at you and the way that you look at them and interact with them. It's, it's again, why I wish, you know, sometimes that it was a video podcast, not a, I'm not doing that, Cheap by the cubes. way. Say, stop. <laughs> Get a face for radio. I'll keep with that. All right. So uh, you got to finish up the story. You can't call me that okay. on my own podcast and so, not tell people so. why you call me that. It's, it's weird. My family, my family watched Hellfire Heroes faithfully. And my littlest was probably about three, four at the time. And she's like, can we watch the show with Chief Cutes? And right then I knew that that had to be a hashtag. And Glenn Martin's wife and I started hashtagging it and calling him Chief Cutes all the time. So to us in our family, We'll have to Chief edit Cutes. this out for sure. There's no <laughs> chance that this can. <laughs> I'll spend the extra money. That's got to go. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the students who will soon one day be the teachers. I love this about uh, all of this. I can't wait to find out if you pass your PCP. I can't wait to find out if you got uh, a job with BC or Alberta Wildfire this summer. This is going to come out right like in February. So, Ismail, hopefully this will help some of my friends that listen to the show get you a job. Hook this guy up. He's helping me out. Let's help him out. PCPs, right? So you're going to, like, sign up with AHS and, and live the ambulance life as soon as you can while you try working down the firefighter road, maybe. Yes. <laughs> one yes and one meh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see. I think I'm going to take a little detour then go to the come back to it good good yeah exactly <laughs> i think lauren's more interested in integrated yes yes, yes. it's fun it's fun mm -hmm. yeah i'd also i'm considering the military for a little bit mm -hmm. and then come oh. back oh go like be a medic in the military yeah oh that's yeah. cool good they're looking for good people all the time awesome okay let's uh let's do a little dream job Oh. We're starting with you, Ashley. Dream job. Right now? Exactly yeah. where I am. Exactly. This is the dream yeah, job. I, I get to be with these students. I get to watch them grow. I get to live vicariously through my first responder friends. And I get to be home for Christmas and I get to be home for the summers. It's hard to have two shift workers and raise kids. So right now, at this point in my life, for sure, this is, this is where I was meant to be. I love these students so much and they know I do. <laughs> That's awesome. We're going to move on because she's going to cry. I can't, I can't make, I can't make eye contact with her. <laughs> All right, let's go. We're going to switch over here. Ismail? Dream job. Dream job. Final, um, where you want to be? As a kid, professional athlete, now firefighting. Okay. I just, I can't get away from it. Like, it's not even an adrenaline thing. The dream job is a firefighter. I'm originally from Cuba. I was born in Cuba. Dream job is to go be a firefighter there. And it's because Cuba's firefighting like force is all militarized, and it's a very different like sector of firefighting. It's a completely different ideal. 
Yeah. And I want to change that. I don't. I don't like the way it is. So. So there's some things you can take from your life and your learnings here and and apply it over there. That's awesome. Good for you. I don't think they listen to my podcast in Cuba. So get a hold of your relatives. Tell them to hook you up and get us. I'll check my map next time. Lauren. I would say integrated would be the the goal dream job. Do you have any place picked out that you think is? Probably Saint Albert would be my. Uh, oh okay. Go to. Corey Schramm will be listening to this, yeah. and he's working over there, as chief training officer. So maybe he'll hear that. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Edmonton Fire, you know, Edmonton, yeah. year five, I feel like is the prime spot to be five years in. Not captain, not senior man, but like not like the proby. Right. Solid middle of the line. Or integrated Strathcona, though. Strathcona. Strathcona. Oh. Well, Daryl Reed yeah. would be proud, hey, after all the years of. He's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks, so maybe I'll see what he can do there. <laughs> he worked his way up all the way from the bottom to the top and then to the top, top. So he's the CAO the chief administrative officer now so he that was a cool story there's a guy that uh, went all over the place he worked his way up to be the chief of Strathcona County and then he left and went and was a deputy in Toronto wow. right which is one of the biggest ones and then he worked over in Vancouver as the chief and then went back to Strathcona County as the chief administrative officer so cool there's you can do anything you really can. And I think Ashley and I are lucky. We, we know so many people that prove that day in and day out. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the five years in, just getting it. We got, I got all the money now. I'm just <laughs> rolling with this. It's fun. I get to be on the nozzle. Right? I, I get it. I get it. I, I have friends that are there right now. I have friends that have gone through that and are, are the bosses now. And I work with some of the, the big, big bosses as well. And, and uh I think that all comes with life, right? Right now you're young, this is all fresh, new, I can do anything, I can go on a million ambulance rides, I can go to a hundred fires, I can change the world, and I love that for you. And I think that that's true. Right now, right here, I think that it's true. I think all of you could lead the way, you could change things, you could do that. And I'm not just saying that, because I am, I'm just a small town kid that uh, worked in the oil patch, started as a volunteer and, and worked my way up all the way to having my own podcast <laughs> maybe did a couple things in between there and so it's it's true it's out there like i don't think that there's anything you can't do in these jobs right and uh, along the way you might see something that's even more cool or or more interesting try that out right just keep adding to the resume you talk about the military cool addition to a resume taking it to another country and uh, doing some work there cool stuff right knowing that you're gonna have that path Annika you said it where I have to start at the bottom and move up and and uh, having that understanding is huge right because you do have to start at the bottom and you do have to learn things is this is kind of like an apprenticeship right and so this course this doing it through the school to me is like that pre-apprenticeship program Right? Can I actually do this? Is this actually fit with how I am? All right? And there, I'm sure there are students by week three that are like, I'm not yes sir, no sir, I'm out. I'm no you want interest me to in what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even do that at home. I'm not doing that here, right? And that's great. That's all part of doing these things, right? So super excited for all of you. I, I can't wait to see where it all goes and uh, I'll be watching for you. Who knows, maybe like two years from now, we'll be all back in this exact same room 
with Mrs. Whitlock talking about where you are now and what's going on and it, you'll have to fly all the way over from Havana I guess that's <laughs> harder maybe I'll come visit you and uh, and we'll go from there right so you finish school you're doing all these other things I think let's take it for everyone else that listens to this that's thinking about this path that didn't get to go and come and take this course and, and they don't have their things what's one piece of advice as you start out actually like applying for jobs and taking courses and going through that you think you've learned the hard way and you want to share with somebody else who wants to start who's got a good one yeah I can. yeah you're ready yeah let's do it i learned the the hard way like after graduating high school if you're not naturally you yourself like who you want to be then you will naturally not find the job or find yourself in a spot where you are uncomfortable and not a good uncomfortable like coming out of high school one of my all my teachers i have great connections with them but they 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 told me I was very ignorant because I was I was a great athlete. I was I, I wanted to play collegiate sports, and ignorant, like very self-centered person. And they could tell me that to my face. And now looking back at it, it's more than something I'd be willing to admit. And so, they I've talked to them now, and they're like the difference between just when you talk, just when we have a sit-down conversation is incredible. Now they believe that I could do it because back then they didn't, right. because of who I was. I wasn't fit for that job as a person. I wasn't fit for the job. So I feel like if you're naturally, if you're naturally you, and that's that already fits into what you want to do, then you're going in the right space. If you're trying to be something else or if you're doing something else to like, you know, act like I'm supposed to be there, you're not going to like it because it's such a job that if you're meant for it, you're meant for it. If not, you're going to find yourself in, in a spot that you're going to hate. I love that share. I also love that I broke down so many people like that and helped them come to that awareness in my life. <laughs> Both of us have done that. Because it is, it's important, right? I can't tell you how many pro athletes that I've worked with that uh, they're not a pro athlete anymore, now they're a firefighter or a cop or whatever. And uh, it, it is something that you have to be self-aware about and get through and work, so that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm so happy that you're, that's a great share. I wouldn't want to be Lauren or Annika go next, but uh, <laughs> certainly one of them has to go next now. So I hopefully, hopefully, ladies, you got a good uh, advice or something going on here. You ready? Yeah. All right, Lauren, do it. I would say because these are very, they are competitive programs, and I would say one thing that I learned is a rising tide raises all ships. These are definitely competitive programs, and I found that you can really get into this oh, I gotta beat you, I gotta beat you, I gotta get the top mark, I gotta get the top of the class. That mentality, it doesn't help you or your classmates in the long run. If you know something and you're good at it, but your friend is struggling and your classmate, like, it, teach it to them. It helps not only them, but yourself. The best way to learn is to teach it too. So you, you help them and then, you know what, maybe they're good at something else and then they can help you and then everyone just kind of works together and then it just makes it a lot less of a head-on environment and more of a hey this is a team we got this and yeah. A rising tide raises all ships. I like it. I, I have a thing in my phone sayings I love it's literally in my notes I'm putting that in there I know you didn't just make that up I've heard it before but I loved it you thought of it and you used it here today <laughs> and you put it into such great perspective and I really, in the competitions, you really see the people that believe that and move that forward versus the individuals and the, mm -hmm. actually, so, so far you two are like working together as, yeah. as a big comment. <laughs> so, no pressure. <laughs> Something my family always says is you can be bitter or better. 
And so like uh, earlier this year, I failed the physical for Edmonton Fire, whereas I passed everything else. And it was like, I could choose to take this and like shut down and just be bitter about it, or I could be better about it. So I already hired a personal trainer to prepare me for next time. Yay! Yeah. Bitter or better? Bitter or like better. Another one, that's two <laughs> sayings going in my sayings I love. I love it. That is awesome. And I love that you got a personal trainer, and because yeah. you can train for those physicals, and a lot of the physicals, I'm still sad to say, are are biased against women. Yeah. So sucks. Just had that fight with a, a customer not very long ago, and uh, it pisses me off. You know, I got a wife, I got a daughter, I got lots of friends that are, are women that want to be firefighters, and we got to do better. But here's the thing, yeah, you could be better or you could bitter be better, and so yeah. you can physically train to move and get through that that physical and they'll love that if you do that and you make it through that's awesome so wow you guys are like old souls and young bodies here <laughs> and so I'm, yeah, I'm proud of all of you that was that's a tough question and you all rocked it and i got like two sayings for my phone and i get going on a trip to cuba and oh, so far this is going this is incredible so all right your turn as the uh, teacher the mentor the leader what do you see that makes such a big difference in the students that's going to help them when they start looking for that first job. I see them grow up. I see them become cooperative students who are helping to raise each other up and to help each other. I see them increase their knowledge. I see them increase their connections. And I see the persistence that they have um, in following their dreams. And so I just want to make sure that they always remember their why. Their why on their love for firefighting or EMS or enforcement and to always keep that close to their heart because it's easy to get caught up in a lot of the drama that happens in the fire service or in the police service. And as long as you're always remembering your why, I think you can't go wrong. So true, right? And and I think that, uh, you know, guiding that path, especially at the start when it's changing so much, right? right. Maybe, you know, uh, Clint had to jump out, but you know, when he's telling his story about, oh, I wanted to be a cop and, and he didn't, and he went to be a teacher. And thankfully he did, because he's impacted thousands and thousands and thousands of students in a way that you can't even measure, right? And so for all of us, it's it's finding that why. I mean, I have those crises where I'm like, I'm not an active firefighter anymore. Uh, what, what am I gonna be now, right? And then I go and work with some customers and I'm working with firefighters and I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's okay. I, I can still teach, I still know this stuff, I can still help out. And so remember your why, another, another good one. All good ones. I'm blown away here by all of you and, and this and this whole program and all of the things that, that God said here. And so for me, that's awesome. We talked about dream jobs. We talked about dream locations. Let, let's talk about some funner things, some, some things that don't matter as much, right? So everybody throw the 20 on the table. No, I'm just kidding. So who, who's going to get hired first? Let's go back to the competition oh. model. Oh, <laughs> Am I going to see three hands? Yeah. Am yeah. I going to... Can I honestly tell you something? Sure. When Anika walked into the building, when you walked into the center, I asked what I what I told Whitlock. I was like, that girl is... Going places. Yeah. She's solid. I remembered you She's from Connect. No, I'm, not, I'm serious. I remembered you from Connect. And it's it's like, that was one of those people that, as, as competitive as I was in Connect during high school and after, I always remembered her because I was like, like... Yeah, it's like, <laughs> physically, physically, she could outwork me. Like, she's so smart. And it was one of those things where I was, like, consistently chasing somebody. And I loved it because that was me. Like, I was, I was consistently chasing right. somebody. So when you brought up the whole, like, you know, women are, aren't favored in that physical test, I was like, she passed that physical test before me. Like, as competitive as I am, I can honestly tell you, I'm going to beat you to that job. Like, she, 
it's an upper body strength thing and so you just have to train to overcome it it's not that you can't do it it's not that uh, you don't want to do it it's just uh, you physically have to train to overcome that piece of the test which she will have no doubt oh yeah next year that's it next year (laughs) Lauren you're getting in on this or you're just going to like quietly be the winner (laughs) right I feel like you're just just don't say anything yeah and all of a sudden it's like well there's my 60 bucks (laughs) (laughs) love it love it love it all right so fire I'm a fire guy so we got to talk about we got ladder trucks we got rescue trucks we got hazmat trucks engines right Uh, all the specialty trucks so favorite kind of truck when it goes by on the street you dead stop take a picture just be honest I don't want to check your phones Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Mrs. Whitlock no. has to go first. I know. <laughs> and it's so funny because they don't go by on the street, but I love the ARF trucks. They're so cute. Oh. Um, but other than that, a rescue. The and ARF trucks are cute. Particular, they're very cute. You heard all my they're super airport cute. firefighter friends. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Schrammer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you drive a cute truck. <laughs> but I also love rescues. So. Okay. Yeah. Rescues. Rescue. You want to be on the rescue? Yeah, That's definitely. it. Definitely. Where the action is obviously, obviously. you look at it, all That's the tools it. it's the most fun truck all right all right um, how about you guys hazmat hazmat the, the, the one day i walked in it like well the couple times we actually got to go in it felt like an rv like there's, yeah. there's a bed there's, there's a shower like this <laughs> thing felt cool yeah it's like built for firefighters <laughs> right? <laughs> right we can rest we can it felt like the perfect place and it, it was it was like for me a huge advancement in technology like that was those, there's lots going on all the trucks are incredible but that one kind of you'll have to hook them up with adam shirley you can go down and tour the truck there he's on the hazmat team now lauren what do you got ladder truck the ladder oh, truck yeah something huh? about it something oh, about it, it eh? Is, getting yes. up there higher than everybody else and yeah i like it too down. I was in oh, Calgary one time. Wait, 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 what's yours? What's your favorite? I was going to tell the story. <laughs> I think it would just typically be like an engine, just because that's where the work actually gets done. Oh. But uh, I was in uh, Calgary one time at Station 16 headquarters, and they just got the Bronto Skylift. So it was like 125-foot platform. I think, yeah, Kirsten and Ryan and Sarah were, were there with me, so we decided that we would all go up in the basket together. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a 125-footer before, but I had not. And I was like, this is up there. Like, we're straight up there, and you could feel it moving around a little bit in the in the breeze. And, and I was like, I'm not a big fan of this at all, <laughs> right? And they're like, you, you want us to hit a hydrant and turn on the water? It's like, no, I don't, actually. Let's, let's go down. So we came back. It's articulating. So we went over top of the roof and came down to the roof. And I was like, oh. Then the real firefighter me kicked in, and I was like, this is so much better than actually climbing a ladder and sound this is awesome so yeah the lazy portion of the firefighter in me was like yes this is the truck for me so uh, i I did like that and when i was working in chestermere they had one so we got to play around on it and i saw it work at a a really bad fire and uh, it was like all by itself it could do more with one operator than all the rest of the trucks on the scene and so I think work-wise, pound for pound, cool factor, work-wise, versatility, I'll pick a ladder truck, platform, articulating platform truck. So that's, awesome. so that's Lauren and I win and the rest of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's always, uh, but it's my podcast, so Lauren and I win. <laughs> <laughs> I <everybody> else <laughs> 
All right, I can't believe it. An hour's blazed by. We're, we got to shut this down. So I just got to tell you, thanks everyone for being here. Thanks for being so open and so honest. And and I think that uh, you know this is the episode for people to catch when they're thinking about careers and uh, getting some fantastic advice. I think this is the episode to catch if you're just finishing up high school and you're like, what could I do next to help figure this out? Ashley, thanks so much for setting this up. The Emergency Response Career Pathways, Center High Campus, Edmonton Public Schools. And we have an Instagram at ERCP underscore CHC. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> Boom. I didn't even add my Growing Up Fire website, and she's got her Instagram on there already. So, <laughs> love it. That's Ashley, though, right? There's Mrs. Whitlock being Mrs. Whitlock always. Found it. Awesome. Thanks, party. Uh, good stuff. Love it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Growing Up Fire, season two. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.